Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. As we dive into our teaching today, I want us to begin uh, with just a short clip uh, to get us headed in that direction. Hey, Dad, Dad, you got a minute? Yeah. Okay, listen, it's about that movie, okay? Some we've already talked about the movie. I know we already talked about the movie, okay? But just hear me out, okay? Some of my friends are going to see the movie, mm-hmm. okay? And so what I'm saying is, I know the message of the movie does not coincide with the message of the Bible, okay? I'm aware of that. But it's just a little message, okay? It's just a little bit, so I don't think it matters, okay? And there, I know, there is some gore in the movie, okay? But listen, it's just a little gore, just a little, okay? And I know it's not real. Okay, and there's some cussing or as you would say language in the movie, okay, and I know that but it's just a little language, okay, and I know it's not real, okay, and there's some nudity, okay, don't let me hear me, let me finish, okay, it's just a little nudity, it's just a little, and I know it's not real, son, no, dad, please, please, can I please go see the movie, please, Okay. I knew it! You don't ever let me do anything. I don't even know why I asked you. What? I said, you can go see the movie. (laughs) You're the best dad ever. Thanks. Okay, I knew we were going to have this conversation, so I decided that I would make you my famous brownies. (laughs) These have been in the family for generations, for decades. Thanks. I'm going to take it with me and sneak it in the theater. (laughs) No, no, no. no. Son, I want you to go ahead and eat the brownie now. Okay? Yeah, I want you to go ahead and eat it now. Same great ingredients that I've always put in the brownie, son. Since you were a little kid, Mm. eggs, the cocoa, the butter, the flour, the vanilla. But I added something this time. Just a little bit of something, but I added something. You shouldn't mess with perfection. Well, that's kind of my point, son. Mm. Was it paprika? No. Was it allspice? No. Was it allspice? No. What was it? Dog poop. (laughs) Dog poop. It is dog poop. Mm. From the big dog or the little dog? Little dog. Mm. That's a load off. Then, why would you? Son, it's just a little bit. It shouldn't affect the whole batch. It's just a little bit. I get it. What? No. What? The next time you don't want me to go see a movie, just say, son, don't go see the movie. Don't feed me poop brownies. <laughs> I don't even want to see the movie now. I just want to go get something to drink. There better be lemonade in the refrigerator. 
If you ever notice those conversations happening in your life, maybe in your thinking, now, I, I certainly hope not this specific conversation about brownie ingredients, uh, but you, you know that conversation, that, that internal debate that goes on in your mind sometimes uh, uh, between right and wrong and, and your course of action or your decision flowing from that? You ever been there? Maybe it shows up uh, when you know you, you shouldn't visit that website again. But something inside of you says, ah, ah, just a couple minutes this time, and then I'll turn it off. Maybe you sense uh, God calling you to make some changes to be in alignment with his will and, and his word, but something inside justifies your behavior. Or maybe you say, uh, maybe next week, Lord, maybe next week. Maybe you know there's a, a particular relationship in your life right now that needs a specific action from you uh, in this moment, but you still tend to drift towards the wrong decision. You see, here's a hard truth for us to wrestle with today. We sometimes struggle to take sin seriously. We struggle to take sin seriously. You know, we want to tend to to wait a little bit to deal with it, right? Let's defer. Or maybe, maybe we just want to address it in little pieces, just a little bit at a time, comfortable intervals maybe. Maybe we don't want to deal with it at all because quite honestly, we like it. Maybe we prefer it. And so we delay obedience to God's word. But you see, as followers of Jesus, that's not how he taught us to deal with sin. That's not how he showed us how we should deal with it and treat it in our lives. One of the toughest sayings in Scripture comes from Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount when he says, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. That's a tough and gruesome saying, right? It's shocking and it's even hard to hear. But we need to know today, we need to understand that's how seriously Jesus takes sin. That's how seriously Jesus takes sin. You know, our our world and even sometimes our own natural bent wants to wink at sin, to laugh at the idea as being old-fashioned or legalistic. You see, the world code of conduct says, uh, do what feels good, do what is pleasurable, whatever is consensual, whatever fulfills your desires, go for it. Have a ball. Make it a double. And see, even as followers of Jesus, our tendency can be to tame down the nature of sin, to justify it as it's just, just a little bit. To make it less of a big deal. But we're a church that desires and is seeking to take every word of the Lord seriously. The easy ones and the hard ones. You see, because the truth is that Jesus paints a very true but yet very gruesome picture of sin. One that's hard to hear and even harder to imagine in our lives today in 2023. So what did he mean? What did Jesus mean for his disciples when he said, cut it off? And throw it away. Did did he really mean that we're supposed to lop off body parts every time we sin? That's our question today as we enter into part two of our teaching series, The Tough Sayings 
of Jesus. Throughout this series, uh, it'll be a four-part series. We're committed to navigating our way through these difficult and challenging declarations of Jesus. We believe that Jesus wasn't saying these things just to draw a crowd or to build a social media influence even. No, he, he was uh, communicating truth. He was painting a picture of life in his kingdom. He was giving guidance to his followers. Often these sayings are tough. They're hard to reckon with because they shine his pure light of love and holiness and righteousness into the dark corners of who we are, places within our hearts that if we were honest, we would rather not go. They show our need for his healing and his restoration, his redemptive work in our lives. So the point of this series is not so that you leave beat up, not so that you leave feeling miserable about yourself. We believe that on the other side of of these tough sayings is the invitation of Jesus to go deeper, to go further, to make a commitment of obedience to his teaching and his will for our lives. There's an invitation, an opportunity for intimacy the other side of these teachings. Our series began last week uh, looking at at three challenging words of Jesus where he told us to love your enemies. That's tough words when you have real enemies, right? When when people try to defame you or discredit you or they rear-ended you at the stoplight, like that gets really tough. But we should be quick to remember in that idea that we were once enemies of God. And Scripture says that while we were yet enemies of God, Christ died for us. He made a way for us to be saved. And so Jesus is calling us to love so radically, to love like we have been loved by the Father, to love our enemies. Today, as we continue in part two of the series, we're wrestling with Jesus' words and, and his tough and yet decisive call about sin in our lives. I invite you to turn with me today to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, We're going to begin in verse 27. Text will be on your screen uh, in the NIV. Matthew 5, 27. Jesus teaching, he says, You have heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Verse 30, he says, If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. That's Jesus' words. The Lamb of God who traveled around, who who healed uh, those with disease, who healed the cripple, gave sight to the blind, loved little children and had compassion on the crowds. He says, if it causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. Because it's better to go through this life maimed than to enter your whole body into hell. I know that we don't often like to discuss things like sin and hell, but Jesus spoke about them often. He warned us with words of truth and a heart full of mercy. And more than just teaching us a warning, he has made a way by his death and resurrection. He has won the victory over sin, death, and hell. 
And he invites us into that victory today. He invites us to take part in his life now. So what will you do with these words today? The words of Jesus. As we work through this together, um, I want us to slow down, humble our hearts, to listen to what Jesus is teaching. Let's pray together. Lord, today um, we come before you and we recognize your presence here, Lord. And the beautiful truth about you being present here with us is, Lord, that the same spirit you spoke these words in 2,000 years ago. You are here today and you long to interpret and teach these words to us today. And so, God, by your spirit, will you teach us what you meant how our lives are to look in light of your teaching today. Will you move us closer to you, Lord Jesus, as we wrestle with your words? We love you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So our teaching text today is found in Matthew chapter 5, and in Matthew's gospel, uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 are a grouping of teachings known as the Sermon on the Mount. So if you would follow the flow of Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus is traveling around, he's performing miraculous acts, he's healing, he's teaching in the synagogues, and people are starting to follow him. And so the Sermon on the Mount is a collection of Jesus' teachings there where, where he is teaching about what life in his kingdom looks like, what it means to follow after him, to live differently in light of, uh, of his coming kingdom of having life in Christ. And I think that's a, a good starting point for us today, and it's significant because uh, we need to consider that when we hear this hard teaching, uh, Jesus didn't approach a random person on the street that was minding their own business and say, you better cut that hand off before you go to hell. Like there's context here we need to consider. Jesus is teaching uh, uh, those who have, have said yes to following him, those who have, are, are leaning in trying to hear what his kingdom life is like. And so today, friends, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, if you're still leaning in, checking this Jesus thing out, first, I'm so glad that you're here. We're wrestling with this, and we're on a journey together. But if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, I, I want to make a distinction, because this is not Jesus' teaching on how you enter the kingdom of God. This is a teaching on how we live out that reality in our lives. And there's an important distinction there because there's no amount of, of self-help, of uh, behavior modification. We can't clean ourselves up good enough to be worthy of Jesus. And so this is not a prescription of how to enter the kingdom. This is advice. This is a calling of how we live once we have known his life and his forgiveness because it's only by grace through faith that we can find forgiveness and find power to live as we should, to live out this hard teaching. And so know today that salvation is only found in Christ Jesus. We must begin there in receiving his life. But as we wrestle with this teaching, we know that this life is a life of transformation. It's a life that we're called to give our yes to as we pursue him the rest of our days. As we dive back in today, Jesus began his teaching. He said, you have heard it was said, 
you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so Jesus is picking up a teaching here from the Jewish law about adultery, and it's pretty straightforward. You've heard it was said, don't do it. I mean, this is coming straight out of the Ten Commandments. But Jesus, in unpacking his kingdom and teaching his kingdom way, uh, he's taking this command to the fullest. He is inviting us, and he is addressing the heart issue, the, the desires that lead to those acts. Because Jesus knows that's where they begin. That's where the root problem lies. He would say later in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 15, uh, he said, For out of the heart come evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. So Jesus here is is inviting us to go deeper. Beyond the surface level actions, he's calling for us to see and address the matters of the heart. And so this teaching, when he says this idea of looking at a woman is not a passing glance. It's not an observation of beauty of another human being created in God's image. No, this idea uh, is the staring and the wanting. It's imaginative thinking. You see, uh, it's the long look that is filling or fueling an inward desire of lust. And so it's that fueling, uh, even though nobody else may know what's going on in here, it's still a problem. Because that's the motivator for the outward actions. And that's the level Jesus is calling out here. He wants us to address not just the action of adultery, though that's terrible enough. He's saying, go deeper. Let's look at this thing at a heart level. Because you see, sins like this, adultery and, and things of the like, they don't just happen at random one day. No, they begin as small thoughts, as small seeds planted as imaginative thinking on or meditations of the heart. And Jesus here is calling for a quick and decisive action on our part to address those conditions. He says there in verse 29, he says, If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. This idea of stumble here, it shows up twice and it means to be trapped. To be ensnared or tangled up in. To be tripped up. And so what he's saying is that whatever's causing you to get tripped up, whatever's causing you to get bogged down in your pursuit of Jesus is calling you to stumble. Whatever's fueling those sinful desires in your life, deal with it. Deal with it. Because you gouge it out and throw it away here. Uh, They're both imperative commands. So he's saying, do it now. Do whatever it takes to deal with those desires. And he repeats this, I mean, as if gouging your eye out wasn't bad enough, he he doubles down in verse 30. He says, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to go into hell. You see, both warnings here, they include uh, this warning that we're better to lose a part of our body now than our whole to go to hell later. Better to suffer a loss or an inconvenience or a a loss of pleasure or pursuit now than to suffer the ultimate loss later. Friends, if if I'm honest today in my own life and, and how I see our world navigating, we don't like to suffer loss now, do we? 
I mean, we prefer pleasure. We prefer the easy road, right? But we have to recognize that that's a trap in our spiritual life. That that's an entanglement. It's a stumbling block. It's a snare. When we prefer preference, when we prefer our pleasure over obedience to God's will and his word. So the call of Jesus here is to deal explicitly with the sin in our lives. Knowing full well that it's going to cause uh, discomfort. That it may be hard, it may be uncomfortable, and it's probably going to be costly. But he's saying, deal with it now. It may mean the loss of relationship. It it may mean the painful withdrawal from a substance. It it, it may mean uh, struggling to break free from long-term bad habits. It it may mean saying no to body drives or sexual desires. And friends, I understand today, and I think Jesus understood that that call, that decisive action cuts across the grain of our human nature. It confronts us to act. Jesus urges us to deal with sin now, to suffer the loss and the inconvenience, the discomfort now, rather than allowing that to separate us from God for eternity. You see, I think so often our view of sin, how we justify minimizing it or making it not such a big deal is because we're only focused on the short term. So often our perspective of what's right and wrong in that internal debate is focused on the now. What feels good now? What can I get away with now? And we fail to have an eternal perspective in those moments. We fail to take in the danger at hand. You see, Jesus, the one who bore the whole world's sin on the cross... You see, he sees, he knows, he's experienced uh, painfully the suffering that sin can cause now. But he also has an eternal perspective of the danger of allowing sin in our lives. And let's, let's just be clear. That this is not Jesus saying you're in danger of going to hell after every mistake you make. That, that's not what he's saying here. But he is giving us a very clear warning that there is danger. There is danger every time we knowingly commit sin. Every time we knowingly choose sin over what God desires in our lives. There's a danger. And Jesus sees the long view of that danger. And he's inviting us to deal with it now, to take action now, to follow his spirit and act now. So anything you could do in your life to combat sin, his grace is there for you and it is worth whatever the cost. Whatever the sacrifice, every step you take is worth it in pursuit of Jesus and his kingdom. Cut it off. Stop. Live differently now so you can experience eternal life with him forever. What would this look like? 
as His Spirit is speaking to you and moving in your heart and dealing with you, what does this look like? What is Jesus asking you to cut off today? Look, I I hope by now we're starting to get that this is not about uh, uh, real body parts being chopped off here. I mean, can you imagine how the early church would have looked? How we would look? I mean, you you know Peter and his denial. I mean, if, if he would have cut out his tongue, how different would his story have been? But yet you see after Peter's denial, he received grace and mercy and he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. A pivotal part of the story of God's people. And so today, uh, not in the literal sense, but in the fullest sense that Jesus meant in that moment, what would this look like in your life today? To make a decisive act. To stop. Cut it off. Paul reminds us in Romans 8 that it is only through Christ we can have victory. He says in in chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, he says, Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gave life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Friends, it's only by His Spirit, it's only by His sufferings, His death on the cross, His blood of atonement, and His resurrection that we can have a hope of dealing with sin. And we got to start there. This is not a self-help, yank on your bootstraps till you get it right message. This is a plead for mercy and plead for the invading of His Spirit and the empowering so that we can deal with sin in our lives. Because Paul continues there in verse 12, he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. In light of this life of Christ Jesus, in light of living in His kingdom, we have an obligation. We have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. Friends, we believe that we need to respond obediently to God's grace and His call in our lives to deal with things, to partner with Him in saying yes. We need Him to move. We need His cleansing. We need His holy love to search our hearts and to restore us. We need His Spirit's power to enable us And we need to say yes along with him. We are participants in this. So what would it look like today? As the band makes their way forward, I I was trying to think, uh, you know, what, what might this teaching sound like today? Thought of a couple things. They're not inclusive, but what would it sound like if your smartphone causes you to stumble, smash it? Get a dumb phone. Better to navigate this life with paper maps than have an iPhone direct you to hell. Hard words, right? If your job is causing you to sin, submit your resignation now. Better to be searching for a new job than ride your current one into retirement apart from God's presence. If a so-called friend is leading you down the wrong road, lose their number and block it now. What would this look like in your life today? Will you trust in this moment? Will you trust that whatever God is impressing upon your heart, whatever you're wrestling with, will you trust His perspective on what is best in your life? 
Great is thy faithfulness, right? He is faithful to show us and to call us to repentance. Will you trust him today? That he has not only your current well-being and life in view, but he has all of eternity in view when he's asking you to cut it off. Will you trust him in his eternal perspective for your life? Maybe you're here today and, and maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're still trying to figure this thing out and, and wondering what is the kingdom life. Well, friend, sin is serious. But there's an opportunity to find new life, to find healing from the brokenness, from the pain and the shame that plagues our existence. And the invitation of Jesus is to accept him, to know him, to be forgiven by him, to have his life literally born within you. And so that he empowers you to make change as he's leading. It's an ever-going, ever-increasing call to obedience to life in his kingdom. Would you receive him today? Maybe if you're here today and you've made that decision. But you know that God's calling you to cut off a few things. Will you say yes today? Will you say yes today? In prayer this morning, I I would just invite you to, in honor of of God's presence in his moment, would you just bow your heads with me? Listen to his voice today. If you know what that thing is, what God is inviting you to cut it off, or if he's inviting you to new life today, would you seek him? He is here. He is here. It's an invitation to confession, to repentance. And that prayer for you today can be very simple. To say, Lord, I'm confessing to you today. I agree with you. This area of my life is wrong. And I know those can be hard words. I'm agreeing with you today, God, that this area of my life is wrong. And I am sorry, Lord. I want to stop. I want to repent. And live in right relationship with you. prayer today and he will empower you to live differently if you're here today and you sense God is moving in your heart uh, I've just prepared a couple note cards up here today in the front there's ink pens I would just invite you to take a step of action and obedience today. There's no magic in this response, but we do believe there is power in responding and action. And so I would invite you today as the band plays that you could come up and just write whatever it is God is calling you to cut off. Just name it on the card. Don't put your name on it. This is not about calling you back to embarrass you. This is between you and God. But to take an action today that says, Lord, I want to cut this off. Will you come and help me? 
I just invite you to write that down and pin it to the cross as a declaration today of faith and repentance. Pastor Terry is going to be in the back of the room. I'm going to stay up here to the front. If we can pray with you, we're here for you. Whatever that is. Don't miss it today, friends. Don't miss this moment of eternity. Lord, um, we're desperate for you. We are desperate for your presence, God. For your spirit to guide us. Lord, to cleanse us. To forgive us. Lord, to give us the power to live this text out. Lord, to pick up the phone tomorrow and call a counselor as soon as the office opens. Lord, to grab a hammer this afternoon and smash our phone because our apps are killing us. Lord, to submit our resignation, Lord, because our job is killing us. Whatever that is, Lord, whatever those relationships are that are drowning us, that are causing us to stumble, God, we give them to you. We seek your forgiveness. We want to live differently, Lord. We want to live in your kingdom, God. And Lord, I pray for that heart here today that's accepting you for the first time. Lord, I pray that they would find great joy and peace in knowing that they are forgiven and naming you as their Lord and Savior. We love you today, Father. Search our hearts as you are here. Great is thy faithfulness. As the band plays, I would invite you to stand and pursue the response fitting to the move of God in your heart today. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.